0: You don't like the Drake? I hate the Drake. I love the Drake. How could you not like the Drake?
1: Who's the Drake?
0: Who's the Drake? The Drake
1: is good. Do
2: you like the Drake? I love the Drake. What about the Drake? Oh, screw the Drake. I love the Drake.
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Robin. Everyone loves the Drake comic podcast. This podcast will take a chronological look at the third Robin, Tim Drake. We will be looking at the classic 90s 2000 Robin series and other notable comics with Tim in that era, while also simultaneously taking a look at Tim in the modern era as Red Robin in the pages of DC Comics, plus other Robin and Batman happenings in the world. So sit back, relax and find out why everyone loves the Drake. Good for
1: them. Love the Drake. Got to love the Drake. I'm impressed. What can I say? I'm irresistible.
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Robin. Everyone loves the Drake comic podcast. I'm your host, Rob Myers. Welcome to episode 68 of the show, if I got my numbers correct here. Um, You can find us through all the social medias. I was telling myself I'm going to give... Each one of these, because this like a comic book. This could be somebody's first podcast. So we're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on YouTube. If you have a social media account, you can find Robin Everyone Loves the Drake in some variation of that. If you want to email into the show, you can do so at Robin at eltdpodcast.yahoo.com uh, We've got some iTunes reviews. We're probably not going to read those on this show, uh, but if you the, the next show that's going to be coming up, we will start doing reading some iTunes reviews and other emails that we've got in. Go over to iTunes and give us a like. That'll kind of help us get the word out about the show. If people are wondering, hey, is listen to this Batman podcast. Is there a Robin podcast? Let people know about it. Give us a nice little five star review and we're going to start reading the reviews online. I know I've kind of said that uh, before, but we've Kind of had some other shows kind of come up, but that will be a part of the show. Reading your iTunes reviews. So tonight uh, we're recording a little bumper into the show that you're getting ready to hear. And with me tonight is Terrence. How are you doing tonight, sir?
1: I am not doing good, Rob. But it's a very it's a very first world problem. But I I finally just stopped laughing from the last episode uh, about. 15 minutes ago and I'm ready to record again and uh, when you said that this is episode 68 uh, so that means that next episode is 69 you gotta <laughs> you've, you've gotta get you know the Bill and Ted's voice clip or yeah. the, the audio clip of Bill and Ted going 69 <laughs> and the favorite number my not so good though it's, it's a very first world problem it's DC comics and Batman related it's nothing like yeah. major so right. but, but I guess we're gonna get into that so uh, but other than that that everything is just dandy.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll just be like – I'm sure you being a teacher, when you start seeing those things, like the kids could laugh about it. I remember a teacher specifically saying, we're going to read pages 67, 68 through 70. <laughs> yeah. We're, and we're like – doesn't that include 69? And he just like totally glossed all over it. Like he was purposely not saying that number. So maybe the podcast will just skip 69 and we'll go right to 70 people. We'll, we'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll be like, did I, did we miss something somewhere? So 68.5. Right. Um, there, there you go. It's-
1: it's funny because when I first started teaching, I was teaching uh, older kids, uh, like uh, high school and, and like 14, 15, and they catch every little thing, any possible thing that could have any kind of double meaning or they, so you watch carefully everything you say and phrase, like make some weird phrasing to not, you know, sound like, and then uh, now I teach uh, 11 and 12 year olds and they're so young and innocent, they totally miss it. Sometimes I'll say things like, oh, oh, no, I shouldn't have said that, and it goes, Goes right over their head. They just like look at me smiling, and I'm like, "Oh, you guys are so sweet and innocent. You did not <laughs> catch that. In two years, you'll you'll be laughing or something." But uh yeah, so so the next episode will be fun. <laughs> Every yeah. time you say it, I'll giggle like a 15 year old. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Uh, like we were saying, uh, like
0: uh, Terrence had mentioned, we got some like first world problems. You know, rebirth that looks like the rebirth banner is gone from the books, which we kind of knew that was going to happen. They have this nice little tab or thing off to the side to let you know, oh, this is a DC Universe book, and there's a little Bat logo, or there's a Superman logo to let you know what family uh, books there are. And when Rebirth started, they were kind of saying this is going to be like a five-year journey. Now that we're three, th- almost three years into Rebirth, it's like the wheels are changing a little bit, and a, a big shake-up was getting Brian Michael Bendis to uh, DC Comics, and everybody was wondering, is he going to... Probably the the jump that people thought was going to happen. Oh, he's going to land in a Batman book and reading a couple interviews. He really wanted to do Superman. So it's like, well, we've got Dan Jurgens on super or action comics. And that's fantastic. We've got Tomasi and Gleason on Superman. Like, Oh, they must be doing the man of steel book. So it sounds like Dennis said, no, I want both books. So both creative teams have been uh, kind of tossed out. And I think Patrick Gleason is staying on the book as the artist in Superman. I'm not sure who the artist is in uh, Action Comics yet, but he, uh, Bennis is going to be writing both of those with a Man of Steel, uh, miniseries that's going to lead into that. But it sounds like because of that, he wants control of the Superman universe. So we're losing Supergirl. That book is getting canceled. And then kind of coming home to everybody's like, what? What's it have to do with Tim Drake? We'll we'll get there. (laughs) Um, It's kind of coming into Gotham City a little bit with Tomasi writing Super Sons. That book is getting canceled. So Damien has to find a new home. And then that kind of stems out into Detective Comics where Tim is and – James Tynion is going to be leaving the book after, I wrote this right here, after issue 981, so everybody was kind of hoping he was going to make it to 1,000, and that's not going to happen. The rumor is, and don't quote me on this, by the time this podcast comes out, it could be, but it sounds like we might get... I'm blanking on his name. I just said it. Not Pat Gleason. Uh, Tomasi. Tomasi. My gosh. At 8 o'clock,
1: my mind starts going to sleep. Um, Sorry. I I had my microphone muted for when you said that uh, James Tinian was no longer on Detective, and I screamed bloody murder. (laughs) So it took me a second to uh, click my microphone back. But yeah, Tomasi. Tomasi.
0: (laughs) Potentially, uh, that's the rumor kind of going around that he might wind up. I'm fine with that. But I've really liked what Tinian has been doing on Detective. And I don't know if you've seen the most recent solicitation image. It's very much the homage of Detective Comics 934 that started his run is, you know, you have Red Robin and Clayface and Batgirl and spoilers coming in from the top with them standing on the Detective Comics logo. The image for Detective Comics 981 is Batman standing by himself, looking like sad, Affleck Batman, with the whole team disbanding. So it's going to be interesting to see, like, well, you know, Red Robin is swinging off somewhere and Batwoman swinging. You kind of see Azrael off to the side. So this could be the end of the... 90s rebirth era for uh, us bat fans that really liked this version of detective comics and we haven't talked about tim in the modern area on the podcast for a while and we have something special coming up so don't worry we'll we'll get to a lonely place of living but i just kind of want to ask you terrence i know we're not to the end of the run yet it's going to be In May, when uh, his run officially comes to an end. But kind of what have you thought of Rebirth up to now, just as a a line-wide whole, and kind of more importantly, you know, Detective Comics, kind of where we're seeing uh, Tim Drake?
1: Out of The New 52, I stopped reading... Comics altogether, I want to say like in the 20s, like around issue 25 or so of New 52, and uh, got back into it with Rebirth and was buying every single Rebirth title. And I loved Rebirth. I thought Rebirth was pretty fantastic, with the exception of just a, 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 a title here or there. It was just really amazing. And this is why I'm not happy, is I feel like all this great stuff that I liked about Rebirth is kind of unraveling or coming undone. Uh, one of the cool things about Rebirth was how many titles came out twice a month. And it mm-hmm. looks like they're really going away from that. Uh, Superman and Action are going to go to monthly when uh, Bendis takes over. Green Arrow and Aquaman have already gone to monthly. Mm -hmm. Um, So it just kind of leaves the Justice Leagues, the Batman titles, and Wonder Woman, I think, as the only ones coming out every month, uh, twice a month, I should say. I really liked what was going on with Superman. And Superman had a huge change in New 52. And then he had a huge change in Rebirth to now be a family man. And now I'm like, are they going to do another huge change on Superman? Are they going to, what are they going to do? Because I really like what's going on. Super Sons was one of the best books out there. Oh yeah! It was so much fun, and I can't believe that's being canceled. And then um, the Batman books, I I thought were just amazing when Rebirth came out. And um, I hate to say it, and I know one of our listeners is not going to like this, but I'm getting kind of just burnt out on Tom King's uh, romantic uh, <laughs> Batman Catwoman. Like, I get it, but I don't need to see you know their dates, and I don't need every other panel Batman saying "I love you." It's just it's just getting a little old. All-Star Batman is I guess gone. Yep. That's just not not around anymore. Detective is now that was a gem and now we've got a new shakeup on that. So I don't even know what's going on with that um the Superman titles were pretty good. Superwoman was terrible. That got canceled. But yeah. I, I, I don't know what's going on with the other Superman titles. So the, and then the other stuff that's come out, and I hate to say this, but like metal, I've just kind of like lost interest in metal. I, I've i got – I think the last two issues were four and five. And I, I've started reading four like a couple times and put it down and never picked it back up. And I, I've got five sitting there. I just I just kind of lost interest in it. And um Doomsday Clock has been a good story, but I don't see right now with three issues in where it's this groundbreaking, universe-changing event. Now I'll give it time, I'll, I'll let it play out, but I'm just not, I'm not on the edge of my seat like when I read Rebirth, DC Comics Rebirth, and all these changes. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to see what's next. And what was I say the the I I, I fail to see why Tim Drake was taken, uh, you know, out of the comics for almost a year for what just to bring an evil version of him in like that could have been done in one issue it just it unless there's something else plays out i don't see where tim drake plays a role in this as far as this podcast goes and um keeping it tim drake centric so i'm just i'm very uneasy about rebirth and i'm just like no i really like it why are we changing it now maybe in two years i'll be like oh man they had made these changes and it was so great but um the history of comics is a lot of changes that right. people go oh why did they do that you know and 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 uh so i guess time will tell but i'm not happy and i wasn't i guess we'll get your take on this too but i also you know this the whole savior thing now i Evil Tim Drake being the savior, I I didn't really like that. Um, I was okay with like evil Tim Drake being a Batman and, you know, like kind of an evil version of Batman or something. But this whole savior thing now, I'm just kind of like, eh, it looks like some kind of generic kind of uh, Wild Storm Midnighter (laughs) character. And – it's just is it going to be the same thing every time just oh this superhero is going to go bad so i have to go back and kill them and how many times it it doesn't seem like something tim drake would even do even in his worst moments i don't see tim drake saying i'm going to go back in in time and commit murder even if it's for a greater good i just i just don't see it and it just kind of was like it kind of fell flat to me the 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 build up of everything but uh, what's your take on it i i was fine with the you know, the Jeff Johns
0: version of uh, Teen Titans that we talked about on the last episode, of that following Tim Drake into that point of he end up having to do the things that we always said, why doesn't Batman just kill his villains? He knew the only way to stop these things from happening. He had to go one step farther. He didn't want to have to do it. He just needed to do it. So I think they took that nugget and then took it even a step farther as the savior, which, spoilers, if you haven't read Super Sons of Tomorrow, his Tim's whole thing for when he becomes a savior, that he's got to kill John Kent. He's got to be taken out, he's got to be done, and then he realizes at the last minute, I'm making the problem worse, and then saves everybody and becomes a savior. So, I, I guess I was okay with it. I liked the version that... Tiny and Row in Lonely Place of Living, and as much as I love Tomasi, I don't think he had the handle on Tim's evil, twisted version. I would have liked to have seen James write that and what would have been that next step. So I don't know if the offices weren't talking. Um, taking, Like you said, taking Tim off the table, I, I don't think that was... During the Button storyline, if you remember that, Tim was supposed to be in there and be a part of it. He even appears on the Flash cover. Then they took those pages out of that book. So I was wondering, what was his storyline that was going through the Button that Jay, they decided, "Yeah, we're going to do something different, and then Tiny decided, okay, I'm going to go back into Teen Titans. So it's kind of like... There's some unanswered questions like I th- think at the beginning there was a purpose to do something with Tim. And then they decided, nah, I don't think Tim Drake is going to do that. So then they let James bring him back in when he saw fit. So it just kind of sounded like that was the first like fumble of like, oh, crap, you probably could have left him this whole entire time. So I it's it, it was started to be a little weird time. The books have been great. Even as much as we love Tim Drake, and he wasn't in the book for almost a year, Detective was still telling really good stories. So, as much it was like, eh, I wish Tim was here. You still kind of felt his presence there. I just I wished we could get a little bit more from Tiny and writing all these characters. So, I I would love him to pop up and do a Red Robin solo series, or maybe a shakeup that people are talking about. If you're reading the Titans, I don't know how caught up you are yet, but it sounds like the Titans team with Nightwing and Donna Troy and Roy and all them, that team may be fracturing. So who knows? Maybe Tim will end up over there and that's where we'll meet Cassie and Connor and the real Bart Allen, not the new 52 fake Bart, (laughs) Bart Allen. So this is like a, a weird time of like rebirth. We're starting so strong and I think they could they could have continued to keep writing Rebirth for much longer than they have without you know they could have brought in Bendis but say where I think he should have went was the Justice League that is a title that seriously needs an A list writer on that book it sounds like Snyder's going to be helming the Justice League eventually but I don't know what you thought about Justice League and what if you have any thoughts about Bendis coming in uh, to DC at all Terrence.
1: Yeah, Justice League America has been a huge disappointment from the first issue. Justice League itself, uh, the I was also a disappointment until Christopher Priest started writing it. And I, I'm a big fan of Christopher Priest's run on um, Deathstroke right now. That was great. And so uh, I, you know, I've been a fan of what Christopher Priest has been doing on Justice League, which now it looks like he's going to be taking off that for uh, Snyder, as you said. So – you know, if I had to say where Bendis should have gone, I I, I think if you look at his Marvel work and doing team ups, uh, you know Justice League crawls out. I think a, a book that kind of might need a little bit of a shake up too is Suicide Squad because that is got I don't know it, it it seems to have just lost its edge a little bit. It just seems almost like they're like Justice League Part Two and they're not criminals and yeah. and uh, crazy. And even uh, there was an issue, a couple of issues ago, I think it was like twenty eight or, or something around there. I don't know exactly where it was. Um, there was a guy named Juan who was. Uh, I, did you read that episode where he's yeah. just like a regular guy? And, right. and, and 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 they're they're the Suicide Squad. They're like it's kind of like a take on Star Trek where they have the red shirts and the red shirts always get killed. So they yes. have all these red shirts from Bell Reeve, and they're basically just like cannon fodder, and they're all getting killed. And I was finally reading that. I think it was a two parter, and I'm finally like. Like, God, the Suicide Squad is awful to these other prisoners and we'll just, like, sacrifice them. And I'm like, this is finally what the Suicide Squad really should be. It is a suicide mission. People die. They're awful to each other. And then it turned out, like, spoilers, like none of the people were really there. They were, like, projections of people who are already dead or something. Like, you know, it, it turned out to be not as bad as you thought. And I was just kind of like, ah. So I might have put Bendis on a Suicide Squad or, or let him um, – do Justice League of America and and pick a new team like pick because obviously D- DC will um, allow two characters to be in two different books that are completely unconnected because like right. Harley Quinn's title and uh, the Suicide Squad have nothing to do with each other and one she lives in Brooklyn and one she's in a prison and right and then and same thing with Batman and Aquaman's been like that from time to time so um, yeah but also another thought of me would. Another thought I would have with someone like Bendis would be like, well, what, what are you inspired to write? Like, what is your passion? Like, like direct him and what motivates him and what does he want to do? And that's what would get the best work. And I guess apparently it's Superman. I'm just a little worried that, you know, the Superman I've come to like in rebirth is going to get changed again. And you know what else annoyed me? And this is again, a first world problem. <laughs> There's people who are wondering where their next meal will be and where they have fresh water and will there, will they like, You know, live to see another day because their countries are so war torn, and here I am with my problems. But (laughs) did you see in, and I think you even posted it on Twitter, so I'm asking you this even though I know the answer. Um, Did you see in Doomsday Clock, which is supposed to be a year in the future, I believe, that Batman has gone back to like the oval costume?
0: Oh, sorry, I I was being a Uh, (laughs) (laughs) smartass. I didn't know
1: I posted that picture. Yeah, that's the other thing, like. I don't like that. I like the new rebirth costume, and then if yeah. you're going to make us go like, "Oh wow, look, a new costume," make it something completely different. Like have him in the Azbat's costume or something we've never seen before or something that makes us go, "My gosh, what's going to happen in a year?" Not just, "Oh, we're going back to 1984 again," you know? Right. Um,
0: part of me I was like, "Oh, thank God, the old was back." But then I was like, "I just really it's funny how things work. You know, seeing the Rebirth Batman suit, a lot of people were like, Ugh, I know Justin Kowalski loves loves the purple inside of the cape. Uh, folks, he doesn't. He hates that. Uh, <laughs> but, you yeah. know, seeing the black belt with the yellow, uh, I remember looking at the Batman logo with the yellow on the outside going, God, he looks like an action figure. And then about a year later, I was like, I really like the Rebirth suit. My wife got me the Rebirth logo on a t-shirt that's gray. I thought, this looks really pretty cool. And now to see that the oval is coming back, I'm like, oh, I think it's cool, but I I missed this Rebirth suit. So, yeah, I don't know. I, it, it's funny to be like, I wouldn't have changed Batman's costume this early in Doomsday Clock to go, oh, this is set a year in the future. I would have just held out and made that change in the last issue of the series, because now... We're going to be reading the Doomsday Clock, seeing this new costume, which, you know, we can't quite see everything. I'm like, does he have a black belt? Does he have a yellow belt? Is he going to have trunks like Superman? So I don't know if this is more of like getting the characters back to their core because when Rebirth started, Superman had like blue boots with red tips on the top, so now he's going to be having trunks in action comics 1,000, so is this more of like a a line wide, like we need to get all these characters kind of looking like themselves again, so if that's part of the initiative, I I guess I'm okay with it, like, okay, you know, I liked the oval in the 80s and the early 90s, and I'll, I'll learn to love it again. It's one of those things like, I'm okay with change, but don't change 12 things at the same time, and I, and I have 12 things on my plate, you know, that's hard to process as a fan like you said terrence first world problems
1: here yeah yeah and uh yeah i also was hoping james tinney in the fourth would would make it to issue 1000 of detective yeah but speaking totally just random here how many copies of uh action comics 1000 are you buying (laughs) one (laughs) yeah me too i i I can't believe there's 10 different versions each at 799 yeah yeah,
0: I mean, that's, that's a little crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's that's quite a bit. But the guy that does uh, my comics for me, he's like, "How many copies do you want?" I said, "One." Uh, "What version do you want?" I said, "Surprise me." I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't care. I just – I want to read the issue. And initially I thought this was supposed to be like a hardcover book.
1: There's, there is. There's there's like two. Okay. So there's like a $40 or so version of a hardcover that has all the covers and has all these different things about Superman, including Action Comics 1000, a, a I think, okay. in it. And then there's the like newsstand, Floppy, which I think is more pages – it's a bigger issue, but at seven ninety nine. But I had posted on another uh, Facebook page about comic books, like just putting it out there, like how many are you people buying, and who's getting what, and you know, there's a lot of people who feel like I'll just wait and get them in the dollar bin, <laughs> you know. Right. So it'll be curious to see if it gets some like publicity and people. uh, who aren't buying comics show up at the comics store to get this issue because they saw it on the news or if it'll just be, you know, <laughs> Hey, come on in free action comics 1000. Cause I've got a, <laughs> or will we be seeing them in ollies in a couple of years, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Cause I remember the
0: death of Superman, like I'm buying six of these things. And when I have kids someday I'm paying for their college, guess what? I still have six of those. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I guess you could say like the old adage is, I guess it's a good problem to have, that were talking about this that were you and I are both still reading a good chunk of comics. Like how many books are you currently on? Are you still buying all the books currently at the moment through your um DCBS?
1: Uh, I paired back a couple months ago, so I'm probably at about forty titles or so a month that wow. I'm getting. That's yeah. that's still impressive. I'm on I'm on 14. And I think I started
0: Rebirth at sixteen.
1: I was gonna say there's a bunch of mini series out right now. The miniseries have kind of inflated yeah. things. So there they're when I say forty titles, I'm including the mini series as well. Yeah. And and I, I'm the same way. Like the
0: uh, Bane story that Chuck Dixon is writing, like I'm, I'm including that one. A couple of these others, like Doomsday Clock and Metal, and all that stuff. And I'm in the same boat with you as Metal. Like I've got a stack of some of the side books and the Metal books, and I'm up to like issue three of Metal. So I'm the same way of like I, I, I want to read it. I know I need to read it. I need to read it before May, so I understand what the heck is going on. But it just, it, that book just feels like a chore, and it should be that book that I was just going, This is amazing. And I'm going, It's good. It's just really dense. So I don't know. Maybe like once we get through the whole thing, we'll go, Oh, I get it. I get it.
1: DC is really pushing this, uh, the, the new age of superheroes. Mm-hmm. Um, how many of those titles did you pick up? Um, let's see. Zero plus zero is zero. Um, That's exactly how many I picked up too. I was going to say, I no, no matter how many you say, I know mine is either equal or less t- than yours. Right. So I was just like, eh, you know, nothing really jumps out at me. And, uh, if I hear that they're good, that they're good, I'll pick up the trade or something like that. But I yeah. just, I don't know why it just did nothing in that new age of heroes. And it, even, Like uh, starting like issue two and three on some of them, they've already got new creative teams. So
0: yeah, I just I don't see that lasting. I I appreciate that DC is wanting to create new characters. I mean, at one point Tim Drake was a new character, so I can appreciate that my favorite character was new at some point. So somebody could say you're not going to read damaged, you know, he he could be the greatest thing since sliced bread. Well, he he could be, and if he is, then I'll. I'll say, geez, I wish I would have jumped on that when I had the chance. But I feel like now we have so many characters and we have so many great characters that aren't being utilized well. I'm like, let's do that. Like, Birds of Prey is getting canceled. So that means Black Canary and I forget who all is a part of that team. You know, those characters aren't going to wind up in a solo series or another book somewhere. So I'm like, we're going to cut characters that we know and love and have a lot of history for a new character which again I'm all for but looking at the lineup of all those characters I'm just like N- nothing's nothing's grabbed me and some of those characters are coming out of metal and they're not they're not grabbing me in metal either
1: yeah, you know, I feel the same way, and I just found out from you I didn't know Birds of Prey was being canceled. Yeah. So, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and I actually, I like that title a lot. That's really good. Yeah. So
0: do I. I like that better than I like the actual Batgirl title. So Batgirl is staying, but Batgirl and the Birds of Prey are getting canceled. So I'll just read off this list here as we get ready to wrap this uh, up here as we get ready into the uh, episode. Uh, Super Suns. Uh, is getting canceled. Supergirl, Batgirl, Birds of Prey. Uh, Tiny is leaving Detective Comics. Uh, Tomasi is leaving Superman. And Dan Juergens is leaving Action Comics. Those are the books that have been canceled. And it sounds like Titans could be canceled or getting just a a creator shake-up and a whole team shake-up. So I guess after Metal plays out and there's like this No More Justice title that Snyder is, is doing a miniseries on before he gets into the Justice League, that's where all these shake-ups and all these characters are going to wind up in their new homes. And uh people that like Super Sons, if you follow Tomasi's Twitter feed, he's kind of hitting at he's not done writing John and Damien. They just may
1: land in another book somewhere else. So... Wow. Big changes. We'll yeah. see what's going on. Um, real quick, a couple quick updates. Uh, Ollie's is, you said got, got another truckload of stuff. Uh, so I did go over the weekend and there was a couple new stuff, but not a, a major stuff. But one score I got, I think I paid five or six bucks for it was the uh, throne of Atlantis, um, hardcover collected trade paperback with a digital code for, The digital version of the comic and a digital version of the movie the blu-ray of the movie and the dvd of the movie all in one big combo pack for like 4.99 so that that was my big ollie score did you get anything from ollie's over i know you went but did you get anything (laughs) uh you're gonna laugh at the book that i got i'm a sucker for these books
0: and i think it was actually in the kids section but it happened to be (laughs) laying with the other comics it's I don't know if you want know DK books is. It's like the encyclopedia books or oh, yeah you can go through and say, Oh, here's on, you know, Batman. Batman was created in 1939, that type of thing. This is Batman Adventures of the Dark Knight. Includes double-sided pull-out poster. And I'll have to put an image up here. I'll have to send this to when we get off the call here. But you can put your finger in the book and make Batman swing left to right inside <laughs> inside the book. But aside from that, my wife's like, that book looks like it's made for a four-year-old. But when you open it up, it's the new like, encyclopedia version for the rebirth that they did. Uh, and they just took basically all the Batman-oriented pages out and put it in its own little book. And I paid uh, 3 dollars for that. And I'm a sucker for these encyclopedias. So when we're doing podcasts, when we're talking, I'm like, well, where did so-and-so appear? I'll pull these encyclopedias out, and I'll go, oh, it's in such-and-such. I'm just looking at birds of prey here. Um, black Canary, one of the Courts of the Owl, was in that, and I uh, thought there was somebody else. They're not showing right here. But, uh, oh, Batgirl, Black Canary, a Katana, S- Strengths, Condor, Poison Ivy, and uh, Starling were some of the ones that were in Birds of Prey. So there you go. My uh, 3.99 dollars just paid off. So that's all I got from <laughs> Ollie's. Cool. Well, before we go down a rabbit hole any farther, <laughs> uh, we wanted to record the beginning of this, so I thought, hey, Terrence, we'll get on here, since Rob thought his podcast was going to be too long, so I cut it down into two halves, and then Batgirl to Oracle just released a three-hour podcast with Michael Bailey, and I Brian's like, "Uh, I don't think you have to worry about our podcast being long if somebody else is putting out a three-hour podcast. So right now, at the time we're recording this, we've been recording for 49 minutes, so I may just smack the whole entire thing right here. So if this podcast is too long for you, just send Batgirl and Oracle a a nice email and say, hey, because your long three-hour podcast, everyone loves a Drake just went into an hour and
1: 20 minutes. (laughs) And be sure to put P.S. Barbara Gordon belongs with Tim Drake as far as a couple. (laughs) Yeah. That will, that will drive the people on that show crazy. Yes. Yeah. And say, it was in a video game, so now that's considered canon. So make
0: it sound like you know what you're talking about, but in some kind of twisted way, make it sound like you don't know what you're talking about. Stella <laughs> <Yeah>. loves that. <laughs> yeah. So this is where we're going to let you go. Stay tuned, because our review of Robin 14, the conclusion of Troika, which probably should have been two issues, and you'll hear Terrence and I talk about it, uh, will start Right now.
2: Salwete, my name is Stella, and I am the host of Backroll to Oracle, the Barbara Gordon podcast. Backroll to Oracle is a podcast dedicated to Barbara Gordon, the first woman to hold the mantle backroll for an extended period of time, roughly 1967 to 1988. The goal of Batgirl to Oracle is to examine the character's history from her first appearance as Batgirl and continuing through her tenure as Oracle. Each episode looks at a vintage issue of Detective Comics or Batman, as well as other books like Justice League and Freedom Fighters, and modern issues of Batgirl and Birds of Prey. I also keep track of news involving Batgirl and other members of the Bat family, and I have a revolving series of segments like Babs in the Tube, which highlights appearances of Babs in TV and film, Shipper Spotlight, which looks at a variety of comic and pop culture couples, gives their history and determines whether they are hot or not, Reading with Stella, which could be described as an audio drama, or just me reading a book that relates to Babs or doesn't, and of course, the mainstay literature recommendation. I've been blessed to interview writers Scott Beatty and Chuck Dixon on their Backroll Year One work, Brian Q. Miller on his back Roll run, Dwayne Swzinski and Christy Marks on their separate Birds of Prey work, and the creators and actors of the Back Roll Spoiled, the web series. I hope to interview more creators and actors in the future. My goal, most importantly, is to make a fun, entertaining, and thoughtful show that people enjoy and from which they learn. Find the show online at thebatmanuniverse.net and iTunes, and follow the show on Facebook and Twitter at to Oracle. Thank you, and fly on, Bat's lovers.
0: You are about to see the first public exhibition of an entirely new form of entertainment.
1: You are about to see. You are about to see. Because you demanded it. It's Treasury Cast, a podcast devoted to the greatest comics format of all time, the Treasury Edition. DC, Marvel, Archie, IDW, and more, bigger than life. It's the Treasury
2: Cast, part of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, and on fireandwaterpodcast.com.
0: All right, before we discuss Robin 14, let's take a look at the information again from mikesamazingworld.com. And let's take a look at the credits for Robin 14. Uh, The cover date is January 3rd, 1995, with a cover price of $1.50. The editor is Dennis J. O'Neill. The title, Big City Bomber. The writer is Chuck Dixon, the penciler is Tom Grummet, the inker is Raymond Cursing, the letter is Albert Tobias D. Gunsman, and the colorist is Adrian Roy. The cover credits for the new stand edition are Tom Grummet and Raymond Cursing. The deluxe version of this is Tom Grummet, and the inker is Terry Austin. And now on to the synopsis. Again, brought to us by DCWiki.com. The synopsis for Robin 14, Big City Bomber. Robin finds himself facing the KG beast in the midst of a blazing chemical plant. He has shot Harvey Bullock, but Robin gets some help from the new detective, Mackenzie Bach. Batman is elsewhere battling Romanana, though soon realizes she has no idea where the nuclear device is. Robin holds his own against the cagey beast, but eventually his foe decides to throw the baseball-shaped device, and it looks like Robin isn't going to make the catch. Luckily, Batman has just arrived on the scene and does make the catch. Gotham is saved. Bullock is in a coma, but it looks like he should pull through. Meanwhile, out on Blackgate Island, the Clue Master is planning something. Something involving Robin. I love this as Robin 14, the special edition of this. The newsstand edition is okay, but I like this cover so much better, and I haven't said it in a while. But Terrence, yes, this would be a poster on my wall. I just think Definitely. this is a really cool shot of Batman here. And uh, the first time Robin's appeared... On the cover, I know this is his own book, but you know, they've now inserted Robin here to say, Hey, this is my book. But Batman is still in his same pose here, and it's just a really cool shot with the bat signal now behind him. And Batman is now in full color. So, if you haven't been opening these books, at least now you can see what the suit looks like. And it's mentioned here in the book, but Bruce does add actual blue gloves and blue uh, boots to the suit and you can kind of see it's not really black it's more now a gray suit here so what do you think of the cover for this special edition of robin
1: yeah definitely the best of the four uh special covers for troika i like um the bat signal in the background andrew on our facebook page he commented and he had said um I like Robin's face in the bottom right, almost like he's thinking, hey, isn't this my comic? So, yeah, we agree, Andrew. And uh, what's interesting, though, is on the um, the newsstand editions, all four issues say Troika, and they have parts one, two, three, four on them. But on the special covers here, they don't say Troika at all. And, in fact, in Detective and Robin, it doesn't say Troika inside it either. Right. But I, I do like the newsstand the KGB's hovering over robin he's got these like brass knuckles that are like uh, uh spikes i would not want to get punched with that which seems like a little overkill like your hand your other hand is a machine gun do you, you really need like spikes to punch somebody like you know so uh but uh this this issue was i love this issue this was a fantastic issue it makes me a little sad that it's the second to last issue for tom Grummet. we'll get some uh some covers from him but but uh, I, his his art just looks fantastic with Ray Kreising, and it's just cool to see him draw in the K not only Beast but Bruce Wayne again. But if you open the cover and you look at the first page, count how many holes are in the KGB's costume or his his chest area, and then as you Go through the issue, costume magically repairs itself because the holes disappear, which I didn't even notice. But in the letter columns in Robin nineteen, someone complained about that, and and they wrote, why why does the KGB even want to take over uh, Gotham? Why, you know, he's invented self repairing fabric. Won't that make him rich? So, <laughs> and the editor did apologize. He did say sorry. It was uh, an oversight. He said he he got um, so concerned about the Rip and Robin's costume. And making sure that was correct, he kind of forgot about the Beast's costume as well. So awesome cover. Yeah, I, I love this cover. And
0: uh, through all of Prodigal, all we saw of uh, Tom Grummet was just covers. There was no interiors by him at all. So it was really nice to see Tom Grummet do a full interior, and like you said, this is like next to last, uh, full interior and just a couple covers, and uh, Grumma will be out by uh, issue uh, 16 uh, totally from the Robin series, and I think this is a a great Robin issue all the way through, and the art is just superb. This really makes me <laughs> sad that you know this is one of the uh, next to last books that uh, Grummet's doing. And I didn't even realize about the KGB uh, costume <laughs> until you brought that up. I think by like page six or seven, the three holes has turned to like one, and it's gone from the right pack to the left pack, and then like you said, he's got the regenerative costume. So I don't know how Robin's going to. Uh, Get out of this one. But Robin also – did you catch that he's wearing a rebreather here on the uh, first page here that he's not wearing in the first – or in the uh, last issue in Detective?
1: Yeah, I I just assumed he just pulled that out at some point. But yeah, it does kind of appear out of nowhere, and then it kind of – disappears you never see him take it off which i assume he could take it off off panel but between page three he's got it on page three he doesn't have it on page four but it's kind of weird because well they're carrying harvey bullock so if you look on page three he's clearly wearing it it's like i mean they they really highlighted that he's wearing it right and, well brock's got bullock's front and he's got the back and they complain that he's eating too much donuts then on page four there's a silhouette of them still carrying bullock and he doesn't have it so that means at some point they said put bullock down hold on we gotta take a break let me take my rebreather off all right now let's pick him up again now let's keep going so yeah that rebreather oh. <laughs> but Grummet draws it so well i'm
0: i'm I'm forgiving of it. Uh, The funny thing is here, from uh, two previous podcasts ago when we were concluding Prodigal and uh, Bullock and the GCPD were firing a hail of bullets over Robin's head to blast Steel Jacket out the window, this is kind of a nice payback for Robin here that uh, the GCPD was trying to save uh, Robin's life, and uh, we made a mention on that show that – uh, Bullock was forever like, oh, these darn kids. And, you know, I think you said in uh, that episode that Bullock's like, hey, he's, he's one of us. Don't hurt him. So, uh, Dixon must have re- remembered that, that, uh, Tim's trying to get Bullock out of, you know, all the fire and all the rubble and all the burning that's going on in the, uh, kind of oil field here. And Tim's checking for the pulse while Brock's gonna go back out and, uh, is realizing the GCPD is coming. So he's gonna kind of leave Robin and go out on his own here. And, uh, Tim's gonna try and take, uh, matters in his own hands in a, a few pages and try and save uh, Bullock's life when he's checking uh, for the pulse here. I think their conversation uh, is really well between the two. And they're kind of getting a little history of like, yeah, so you're Robin, you're you're new to the GCPD. And uh, Tim's realizing pretty quickly that uh, Batman's probably not coming. He's wondering where he's at. And the, they've kind of got to get Bullock- Back on his feet because the KG beast is going to be coming around the corner at, at uh, any
1: moment. So it's kind of funny, too, because on page four, as Robin and Brock are carrying Bullock, um, uh, Brock actually mentions to Robin, he says, uh, I was there when that flying psycho dragged you out of the high towers, which he's referring to steel jacket yep. in issue 13. And, uh, Robin says, that's me in not one of my best moments. And then Brock mentions something. He says, Brock says, then later on in the panel, they get B- Bullock down. Uh, Robin's kind of, um, holding over, uh, standing over a uh, Bullock or, or crouched in front of Bullock and like feeling for his pulse. And, uh, Tim says, breathing shallow, heartbeat weak and fast doesn't look good. To which Brock replies, That's a nasty head injury he took, Robin. That was a comma there. I should have said that. (laughs) Could be comatose. If we don't get him on a respirator, he's a goner, which Tim says the police department requires a medical degree now. And Brock kind of goes, uh, dot, dot, dot. I read a lot. So, like, he's hiding something there. The only thing is, though, it's like – Bullock took like a 50 pound or 50 gallon drum to the head like you don't need a medical degree to know like uh, you got to get him some medical attention or he's a goner like he's like what are you a doctor like no I watched him take a you know a giant Russian monster throw a 50 gallon thing at his head so uh, but there you can definitely see that there's more to Brock than meets the eye what it is you don't know.
0: Well, and the funny thing is, he needs a rebreather. Shouldn't Brock have said, "Hey, you know that uh, breathing mask that you were wearing just a little <laughs> yeah. bit ago? Where did that disappear to?" Don't you? <laughs> at least he could yeah. be breathing maybe a little bit cleaner <laughs> here. Oh
1: man, why did
0: I throw that at the beast? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have uh, moving into pages uh, six through uh, seven here for the Batman interlude. Which man, I love the top panel on page six. Grummet has Batman in a really cool stance here with his cape billet out with Romana and her full uh, winter fatigues here in the house. Yeah. Batman's just going to town on uh, one of the last few members of Troika and her gang here. And uh, Grummet's movement on uh, Batman just kind of punching and kicking these guys is just so cool. And then the shot up on page seven that panel where batman's turning around his cape just kind of coming over the
1: back part of his uh shoulder where he's talking to ramon after he's kind of kicked the last guy to the ground yeah you know i it's kind of weird too and i maybe it's on the side but if you look on um, page six that top panel which is a continuation of that cool um scene that we were talking about in the last comic where he's telling her you'll you'll understand terror but it looks like batman's got the fins on one leg but not the fins on another leg you see that now it could be because it's on the side and not in there but it does look kind of weird but on the bottom of page seven there's two close-up shots of batman's face looking at it the way grummet drew them at least i see it do you think that could be adam west like i see that and i look like that could be adam west yeah Yeah, I good. There's a lot of Adam West in that. So, yeah. The ears are a little bit shorter like the
0: Adam West, and he's got the, the dark kind of faceplate, if you will, uh, where just that black part of the cowl where everything else is blue. Yeah, I, I definitely got an Adam West vibe out of that. Uh, we got page eight here with Tim checking Bullock's pulse and taking his cape off to make it a makeshift pillow. Tim giving Bullock CPR, which has got a – he's, you know – like Bruce said earlier, you're sworn to protect the lives, just not one life here. But this is also saving the life of a guy that would like nothing better than to throw you in the slammer, typically, uh, from Bullock. But Tim's going to do the right thing and try and get Bullock, since his kind of pulses stopped and he's stopped breathing, get him revived before the GCPD can get here, and uh, seeing uh, Brock kind of race back to uh, uh, Gordon and the rest of the GCP with Mon- Montoya and her new partner, the huge mustache that Gordon has, <laughs> the panel on 9. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it looks like the Monopoly man. <laughs> <laughs> we have more of Batman in 10 taking out Romana, and uh, she's you know firing a hail of bullets, and all of her guys are down, uh, where Batman is crouched in the bottom of 10 here, like climbing up the wall almost kind of like a, a Spider-Man would a little bit where he's kind of his feet on one wall and his back against the other, kind of waiting to pounce on her, I think is a really cool uh, shot here. Uh, Robin and the KG beast going at it through a uh, nine and ten before Brock catches back up with the GCPD. So what do you think about these series of pages here?
1: Well, I really, really, really love this issue, and I really love that Tim is doing CPR on – Bullock, because it just shows that Tim is such a hero on so many levels, like it's one thing to beat up bad guys. But it's another thing to save someone's life doing CPR and to, to put your lips on Harvey Bullock's lips. That's going like far and above the Call of Duty because I can't imagine his breath is <laughs> pretty good. And, and, you know, he doesn't shave often. So cigarettes that, and donuts. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So uh, but I love I love that. And then the Batman stuff is a, a little like, oh, come on, Batman, just take these. Just take him down. Like this is a little. To me, this is the only part of the issue that felt a little bit like filler, and a and a little bit of like, let's keep Batman somewhere else so that Robin can have some time, you know, as Robin. Uh, but I do like it in that. It does then set up that Robin is taking on the k g beast by himself, if you look on page eleven, you can see the k g beast is jumping down towards Robin and he's got his bow staff ready to go and there you can really see how the k g beast's costume has healed up <laughs> And, yeah, or I guess well I mean it's plausible that either you know Superboy Prime was punching the walls of the universe, which causes things to change which or you know, there was a time period where where was the KG beast this whole time where Harvey was getting CPR and they were carrying Harvey. So maybe he just took that time to take out his sewing kit and <laughs> do a little costume repair. <laughs> right. Right. And then he left one to just kind of look cool. But and then he's going after Robin. This is cool. Watching Robin take down and again the KG beast on on 12 has this great dialogue of we'll be killing you (laughs) you know right (laughs) which it made me chuckle
0: today as i was uh, finishing this up for uh, the podcast i'm like all right we got our atypical russian dialogue here uh we have brock finally meeting up with the gcpd and kind of telling uh, gordon and montoya what's going on she tears off into the fire and debris After the GCPD, we're seeing that uh, uh, Brock and Gordon are getting a a chance to meet one another for the first time under these fast circumstances. And uh, Brock makes mention that Robin's there, but not Batman. So that's where Gordon is asking, you know, is Batman there with him? And he's saying, no, I don't see him. And we see what's kind of going on with Batman through page 14 of finally getting uh, the upper hand on Romana here as they're going down a flight of stairs. 15 and going through of a latter part is uh, the KG Beast coming back into action now after having sewn up his kit and uh, <laughs> <laughs> his, his uh, costume here. And uh, Robin, for a brief moment on uh, 16, realizes that Bullock's got a gun. I could probably make quick use of this and use it against the KG Beast and uh Grummet here uh, draws his hand shaking a little bit like he's going to reach for the gun and says no he's not going to do it he uh swore to take an oath to not use uh, a gun and uh is able to get his bow staff out but almost gets impaled when i first read this i thought the kg beast on 6 or on 17 rather drove the uh spike through his uh was tore through his costume which you kind of said was brought up in the editor's note but i thought he like actually stuck and ran him through on these couple panels here and robin takes the uh r off his chest which we've talked about him using quite a few times to kind of get free of the kg beast and we'll save the next panel here for a little bit because it's a little gruesome so what do you think of this uh, section
1: I absolutely loved it. I love that fact that Robin gets the choice of should I use this gun? It's right here. And then just no because of, you know, what that means being the partner of Batman and not using guns. And this is like uh, once again, let's not go on. <laughs> I don't want to take it on a tangent. But when I'm watching Batman use a gun in, you know, Batman v Superman like this is what why that bothers me it's like re- growing up on comics like this and and feeling like this is the core of the characters mm-hmm. um so and, you know and that's just as some people don't have a problem with it and then you could turn around and say well you know he won't shoot him but yeah at the same point he'll rip off his r and then ram it into him like right. you know so yeah i i get it but um the, the only thing that rings just a little hollow and it it doesn't feel this way when I first read it and even rereading it again I was like does does he use the gun does he oh okay no you know like I had that moment of not remembering but when you go back Uh, Brock shot KG Beast right in the chest with a shotgun and he just kind of shugged it off. So you wonder even if Robin did pull out the gun and did start shooting, would it have actually slowed the KG Beast down or or not? Like it may not have been quite as effective as if he shot you or I with it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Well, and that – and his – suit has got a healing factor of like four. yes yeah, exactly
0: so, kgb <laughs> still needs like six panels and he's back to normal so, That's it. He
1: has, he's got a, a 20-sided die that he rolled <laughs> and it <laughs> repaired him yeah right uh the last couple pages here of the fight uh on top of
0: 18 it's all in silhouette but man is it gruesome robin decides hey maybe i can pull off the eye patch and that may disorient him so he rips it thinking off of his mask and quickly realizes oh no whoops that was wired into his skull into the back of his head he essentially ripped out his eye and the cagey beast is bleeding profusely at it And Grummet draws a very gruesome. You're just seeing like the blood splatter coming right out of the eye socket and Robin's holding the eye mechanism in his hand. I was like, I remember reading it back then. And even today going, wow, (laughs) that is kind of gruesome to kind of see that there. And then the KG beast essentially throwing the uh, uh, grenade over his shoulder like a baseball and Tim running to try and get it. Like he's not going to make it. He's not going to make it. And guess who shows up? it's Batman to catch it at the last minute. So what you think about the section before we get to the end?
1: yeah I, I really like it and um, I was trying to find it but I can't find it in the oh here here it is um, in the letter column uh, in episode 19 um, Benjamin Sigilli from Hollywood California wrote and this is what I thought too he said um, among my favorite moments the splash page all of Gotham dies I love it Montonio's concern for Bullock on page 15 was touching and insightful Tim's reaction when he tears out the beast's cyber eye on page 18 quote oh yuck was hilarious right in line with tim's age and personality too um so yeah i i thought it was very very cool and uh just like the perfect you know just tim drake like oh yuck you know yeah, so right yeah and then um the whole uh the end here i guess the the last thing the KGB does before he collapses is take that baseball sized nuclear device which is no longer covered by baseball but See, you know, I guess he peeled off the covering, but yet somehow it's kind of the same size as now a baseball. I don't know. Yeah. The, 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 the devices change sides between issues. He throws it up in the air, and I'll, I'll let you take it from there. We move
0: to uh, the Foxes getting their house repaired and uh, kind of coming home to new paint. And uh, Wayne Manor – or Wayne Manor. Bruce Wayne has paid everything to get everything all uh, set up and uh, like kind of double paid uh, – the construction workers, to get everything back in working order, back in the bat Cave. Terrence, I mentioned that Bruce is getting new gloves and uh, mentioning the uh, the boots, and if Bullock's doing okay, who happens to show up in the last page of the book is the Clue Master, which the next one says the Clue Master and the Spoiler. So, Terrence, what would you think of the end of this issue and the end of Troika?
1: Yeah, you know, it's kind of cool. I mean, you, you could poke holes in the, the fact that Batman shows up right in the last second and catches the thing. But, you know, it's also you just got to have fun with it and go with it. And um, it, it's it's a really great character piece on Tim Drake. I was kind of confused at first on page 19 where Batman just kind of catches the device and then they just kind of stand there and talk. I kind of thought the KG Beast was getting away, but I guess he was incapacitated. And then the, the ending with Lucius Fox is pretty fun. Um, and, you know, Bruce Wayne pays double. And I'm thinking, man, I wish I could be Bruce Wayne and pay people to do double so they do good work and right. on time. The last two pages, uh, oh, well, the last page, they talk about getting new gloves and new boots, which, um, let me see. I can't, I'm trying to look on the table if you can see the old boot. The old boots seem to be on the table. But there's mm-hmm. no little spikes on them. And yeah. then the boots that Bruce is wearing do have the spikes. So maybe those are the new boots on the table. Yeah. And he's taking – I've spent way too much time <laughs> analyzing Batman's gloves and boots. It is – we've been recording now for uh, nine, ten, almost three hours. And um, good thing we recorded an hour earlier. If we had started this at nine, it would be – latest this is like the old bat fans where we'd be up to three in the morning recording um so we we've completely lost it uh but um and he's got he's got a nice cpu with some floppy disks on that uh, but where does he plug in the cpu i i, I don't know but anyway but, after analyzing page twenty-two, the artwork's good. Batman's getting suited up. He looks like uh, Adam West. It looks like a modern version of Adam West. I really yes. like, it. almost like the animated um, movies they have. And then, you know, the last page is like it's almost like a, uh, an ad for the next issue. It's, but it's it's better than just an ad or or that. It's it's like a little prologue. Um, and I was really happy to see, you know, the Clue Masters coming back because if the Clue Masters coming back, then that means. His daughter's coming back too. With spoiler, so um, the next issue is pencilled by Grummet. It's the last, but we still get some covers. I think it's a two part story because sixteen has got the awesome Tom Grummet cover with Robin like holding the spoiler, and uh, there's all these guns pointed at him, so yeah, it's yeah. kind of got got me like uh psyched up for the next story arc, so I, I think it it does exactly what it's supposed to do get you psyched yeah. up for the next part. I know I've said it previously on the podcast
0: and kind of talking about it. This is kind of the end of phase three as I was kind of plotting out the show. I think Terrence and Ryan and I could probably have told you, you know, in a nutshell, the Tim Drake story from the very beginning to this point. It's as much as I like Nightfall and Prodigal and Tim's history. This was the next section after Troika that I was really kind of excited about to do on the podcast that... When other Batman podcasts cover these stories that happen to deal with Tim Drake, this is about where they stop. You don't hear people going into Robin 16, Robin 21, Robin 35, all those other ones that I think for Terrence and Ryan, you could, Terrence, you could tell me if I'm wrong here, but there's going to be some of these books that I'm really going to have to read for the podcast a couple for the first time that I was missing some holes, but some that I probably only read when they first came out. And as much as we like Tim Drake, and like I said, we could kind of recite Tim's story up to this point. So I'm real excited to go start getting into uncharted territory for Tim Drake, that other podcasts, other Batman podcasts you're listening to usually stop with Troika because that's, you know, then people jump to No Man's Land or jump to Hush or other big event books. But this is going to be really fun to kind of dig deep into the main body of the Robin series. So I'm real excited for some of these stories that the Robin book is really going to become a Tim Drake focus book. Yeah, he's going to get pulled uh, back into the main Batman story when it when it's needed for crossovers but we're going to see a lot of world building and a lot of new characters that we're going to talk about on the podcast so i'm real excited about that what do you what do you think about that
1: yeah i agree for um the writing aspect of the book you get chuck dixon for a long time and his writing's great and until I believe the story arc of contagion, which is, I got them all right here. What issue is contagion? Well, there's underworld unleashed, but that's just kind of a crossover of the whole DC universe mm. in issues 23 and 24. And then contagion is not until 27 and 28, except for that little bit. For the most part, it's all self-contained Robin stories and it's, you know, Robin's time to shine and, um, the, as bummed out as i am about tom Grummet's art you know and him leaving uh eventually i don't i got I'm not sure which issue here i think it's issue s- not 17 uh not 18 so it's issue 19 the one i've been reading the letter columns out of um mike Waringo if I'm saying that right, yeah. takes over the art. And uh, I was a little confused because Ringo does the covers for 17 and 18. You can see his little Ringo on it, but I I don't think he does the interiors because there's different names on the cover. Um, and Mike Waringo, um, i am probably just call him Ringo because I don't think I'm saying the Waringo part <laughs> right. But, but um, I had known his art on The Flash. I had been reading The Flash. Yeah. And, Gosh, that that was a run written by Mark Wade, and um got that was one of the, the greatest comics I ever read as far as having a cliffhanger making you want to read the next issue. And maybe I was young and I didn't like realize how cliffhangers work and stuff, but Mark Wade is was fantastic. And so I really liked his art on the flash, and I believe he was the first artist to design and, and draw um Impulse. And so when I found out he was becoming a Robin artist and took over the Robin book, I was very excited about it. And his, his art is a bit stylized. I, I remember in the columns and stuff, not everybody liked his art. It's, it's a bit like Kelly Jones, uh, where, you know, you, you, some people love it and some people hate it. But I really liked his art and I think it worked really well for the tim drake and the robin character and he, i really like how he drew the suit and stuff so to to get to review and go over some of these uh ringo <laughs> comics i feel like it's the beatles but you know the the ringo's comics uh is, is kind of exciting because once again i don't think a lot of people have touched on this material and you know it's going to be a little um tricky to c- try to keep track of like all right so here's robin and he's in a solo story it's just like Uh, I'm just like pulling something here like issue 21 is called Playtime at Ninja Game where he's fighting ninjas. So it's kind of like, um, well, where's Batman at that point and what's going on in Detective and is Robin in any other books? And should we cover those books as well or skip them or, you know, so it'll be fun.
0: Yeah. The fun thing that's going to be about this podcast is where are we? gonna really stay down the, the Robin path and kind of peek in to see what Tim's doing. So I think this is going to give us a lot of breathing room uh to kind of go and see. And it might be nice too as Terrence is doing the YouTube channel and say, hey, this thing of young justice is kinda going on at the same time the Robin book is, maybe the podcast will kinda dip into a young justice issue that'll kind of piggyback what you're doing on the youtube channel so i'm real excited for where the podcast is going to go from here so but i think this is where we're going to put a pin in it because if terrence and i go on any longer uh now that it's 11 o'clock uh, p.m our time we're really going to start getting slappy so if, if you <laughs> kind of heard us go off on the rails a little bit this is more like terrence and our bat fans days where like i think we
1: realize why we don't record this late Nor,
0: yeah so. I, I could
1: just see you trying to write the description of this. It's Robin Terrence talk, the second part of Troika and Star Wars and YouTube and <laughs> and uh, Justice League and the Dark Knight and the, and pretty much everything under the sun. And, <laughs> right. uh, you know, it was funny because when I was doing some of that research, like I told you about um For this, Uh, at one point I looked something up under Tim Drake, and you know, in the back of my mind, I was kind of thinking like, could we do every one of his appearances? Could we? Like, where do we go? You know? And it said uh, Tim Drake had appeared in nine hundred and ninety nine comics, and I was like, one less than a thousand. So I was kind of like, I don't know if we'll get to nine hundred and ninety nine on the podcast, but you know. Yeah, I, just to rest
0: Terrence's mind, I'm kind of thinking we'll probably stay right in the Robin book unless there's like a really big event going on. Like, hey, we've really got this one needs to be covered. Tim's a, a real big part of it, or like Terrence said, we're gonna be we're gonna be up to a billion
1: episodes trying to cover all these appearances. So. We should do something crazy like spend. Like like do like four podcasts on just like some some random just like Robin Annual Five and just be like and then with No Man's Land just you know spend five minutes on it be like yeah you know the city blows up next yeah. you know yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> well on the behalf of Terrence this
0: is Slap Happy Rob and you've been <laughs> listening to Robin Everyone Loves the Drake Comic Podcast and we will see you guys on the next episode take care. Thanks for listening to Robin. Everyone loves the Drake Podcast. This has been brought to you by the BatmanUniverse.net. Tim, Drake, Robin, and all Batman-related characters are under copyright of DC Comics. This podcast is solely for entertainment purposes, so no infringement is intended by this show. This show is not a good revenue stream. Actually, there's not a stream at all. All music and sound clips are under copyright by their respected copyright holders. So there should be no need to send the Penguin's lawyers after us for ill-gotten gains because there are not you can get a hold of the show a few different ways we are on twitter at eltd podcast you can also email in at robin eltd podcast at yahoo.com our facebook page can be found at www.facebook.com slash everyone loves the drake and as always you can message directly over at the batmanuniverse.net so email tweet or message us we'd love to hear from you and we'll read your comments or responses on the show. The show you're listening to can be found a few different ways through iTunes and Windows Media, also over at our host, TVU. Leave us a review on iTunes if you listen there. It'll help spread the word of the show. Make sure you head over to the thebatmanuniverse.net, your home for all things Batman and Robin. Thanks for listening to the show and hearing why everyone loves the Drake. We'll see you in a few weeks. Take care.
2: I've got